welcome to episode 60 of Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me. We've got a lot to get into. We're going to talk about the Lakers game against the Grizzlies, the Lakers game against the Thunder. Got a little weekend mailbag action. Let's jump into it. All right, let's start off and let's talk a little bit about the Lakers game against the Grizzlies. It was the first game of a back-to-back starting in Memphis, and then the Lakers played the next day in Oklahoma City against the Thunder. And as I mentioned in my last episode, this is a game that was extremely winnable for the Lakers, yet they still lost playing with their full team, minus the injuries. Uh, But the Grizzlies were missing John Morant and Dylan Brooks, so just a terrible loss by the Lakers. They lost 108-95, to just got blown out by the Grizzlies, and... It's an interesting it's an interesting game when you look at the box score and everything. So Anthony Davis led the team with 22 points. LeBron James put in 20 points. Uh, Russell Westbrook really struggled. He only had 9 points. Then again, he only took 9 shots, but he only had 9 points. Avery Bradley 10 points, Taylor Horton Tucker 10 points, and that's pretty much it. I mean, Malik Monk had 6, Carmelo had 7, Wayne Ellington had 6, Dwight had 5. That's that's the entire breakdown of scoring for the Lakers. So pretty Pretty, un- pretty uneventful. Um, on the other side, Desmond Bain had 25. Jaron Jackson had, or sorry, Desmond Bain had 23. Jaron Jackson had 25. And it's interesting because the Lakers actually, like, shooting percentage-wise, shot better than the Grizzlies from both the field and the three-point line. And they, the only thing they shot worse in was free throws, but only by a couple percent. So the Lakers shot... from the field versus 43% from the Grizzlies and then shot 40% from the three versus 33% from the, the Grizzlies. And, you know, looking down at the, just the box score and everything, the big problem with the Lakers last or on Thursday night was turnovers. The Lakers had 22 turnovers in the game versus only 11 for the Grizzlies. Those 22 turnovers turned into 27 points for the Grizzlies and, I mean, the Lakers had 21 points off the 11 turnovers, so, like, they were able to get close to matching off the points off turnovers, but those turnovers turned into way more possessions for the Grizzlies. If you look at the field goal percent, like, the field goals and the three-pointers, even though the Lakers shot a higher percentage, the Lakers only took 78 shots in the entire game versus the Grizzlies taking 94 shots. So that 43% on 94 shots is much better than the 46% on 78 shots. Same goes with uh, three-pointers for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies um, took 42 42 three-pointers, made 14. Lakers only took 30, made 12. So that one's a little closer, but the disparity in the shot attempts and the possessions and all that stuff really killed the Lakers in this game. And the turnovers really did them in, and the Lakers got blown out one at weight to 95 to a depleted Memphis Grizzlies team albeit a team that's been playing well but a a depleted Memphis Grizzlies team without their best player arguably their two best players maybe well at least their two starting guards and it's just it's really frustrating the Lakers losing that game in a very winnable game in a game that as I mentioned with the Lakers is you got to win those games right the Lakers Gotta win those games, and if they they don't win those winnable games, then they're gonna keep struggling. And so Memphis is as of today, fifteen and eleven on the season. Lakers are fourteen and thirteen. Memphis in the four seed, Lakers in the six seed. So I mean the Lakers are still in it, right? But 
in order to make any sort of ground with the top two teams, you got to win those winnable games against the Grizzlies. The Lakers lose that game and in a really frustrating fashion. And, you know, I don't really know. I think also part of it is, you know, I Russell Westbrook only took, only took, um, let me pull it up. Nine points on nine field goal attempts, two for three from three, which is good. Uh, six turnovers. He was a minus 16 on the game. You know, you just can't have that from your third, you know, arguably your third best player. He shot one for four from the free throw line, 25%. It's just that those are the types of things that really, you know, kill a team, right? And the Lakers, Anthony Davis and LeBron James arguably played good games, at least looking at the box score, right? Like, um, you know, there's a few things during the game, right, where Anthony Davis gets out-rebounded during a play or something like that, which you can look at and make arguments against Anthony Davis all you want or whatever. But looking at the box score, Anthony Davis, LeBron James did their jobs, right? 22 points and 20 points, respectively. LeBron James with a triple-double, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. They did their job. The rest of the team didn't step up. Russell Westbrook didn't step up and play well. Um and then if he didn't, if he wasn't doing it, then someone else had to do it. Malik Monk didn't do it. Taylor Horton Tucker didn't do it. Avery Bradley didn't do it. So that's the kind of like, at least from an offensive standpoint, right? Like that's kind of the crux of the issue there, right? Like you need, you, I get LeBron James and Anthony Davis take a lot of shots. You know, they took, Anthony Davis took 18 shots. LeBron took 15 shots. Russell Westbrook's got to get it up there. You know, if he's going to be that third guy or whoever the third guy is going to be, has to get it up there. Taylor Horton. Taylor Horton Tucker was the next, had the next most attempts at 10, 10, 10 shot attempts. Um, you know, it, we just, the offense wasn't, wasn't going. Um, Malik Monk was two for seven on the game. There was just a lot of misses, a lot of turnovers and taken, which took away from offensive possibilities for the Lakers, which is just tough. You know, it's tough to have those situations and we need Russell Westbrook to play like he played against the Celtics. You know, like that was, I'd, mentioned this in my, in, my, in my last episode, you need Russell Westbrook to take the ball to the basket. You need him to be, to have smart possessions on offense and not have six turnovers in a game. You know, like he, the Lakers had 22 altogether. Um, and Russell Westbrook led the team with six turnovers. LeBron did, LeBron didn't have a great game turnovers wise either. He had five turnovers, which is pretty bad. So between LeBron and Russell Westbrook, two of the best players on the team, that's half of the team's turnovers. And then you added up everyone, you know, Anthony Davis had two, Malik Monk had three, Carmelo had three, Wayne Ellington had two, and you get up to 22 turnovers in a game. And that's for a team that's vying for the playoffs and a potential championship, that's tough. And I get it, mistakes happen, but the Lakers really have to start as the year comes to an end, as we get into 2022 and the season gets shorter it's time to start honing in these situations start starting to looking at the start looking at the the details and the small things and doing the small things correctly and getting good possessions getting good possessions getting Russell Westbrook active you know to, for Russell Westbrook to have played 33 minutes and to only take nine shots I mean he went three for nine he wasn't shooting incredibly well by any means so in one sense maybe getting someone else active would have been a good idea and it looks you know from the looks of it Malik Monk went two for seven he didn't shoot very well Carmelo was two for five which is a small sample size Dwight Howard two for three small sample size right it's like 
there just weren't enough possessions in this game for the Lakers to, or, or shot attempts on possessions for the Lakers to even compete in this game. You know, this by looking at the box score, it's crazy because this should have been a close game. The shooting percentage was very close. The The only thing that's really, really out there is the turnovers, which tells the whole story of the game, you know. Looking at the assists, we're pretty even. Total rebounds, the Grizzlies out-rebounded 47 to 45. Offensive rebounds, the Grizzlies had 14 offensive rebounds, which is terrible. But the Lakers did have 38 defensive rebounds versus 33 for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies had 18 steals, which is, you know, points to the 22 turnovers the Lakers had. You know, going but going down, it was just very even looking at everything, except for the fact that the Grizzlies got 94 shot attempts on the game versus 78 for the Lakers, and they get blown out. So tough loss for the Lakers in a very winnable game, playing against a team without two of their starters, and these losses are going to start adding up, and they're going to continue hurting. And at a certain point, if the Lakers can't win these types of games, you kind of start losing hope. You start losing faith in the team, and I get it with these LeBron James teams a lot of times at this point in the season, they just don't care enough. They're just trying to get to the playoffs or whatever, but you got to win games at a certain point, you know, like it, it helps that the, it helps having good seating. It helps having certain things. And like, I would just like to see the Lakers put together. I mean, it's in one sense, it's good to see that they shot decently. Well, they shot 46% and 40%. They've been, their offense has been good the last few games, but not having only taking 78 shots in a game and having 22 turnovers is pretty bad. Like that's bad offense. Even though their shot making percentage was pretty good, if you're not giving yourself enough opportunities to stay close in the game, then your offense is, is bad. So the Lakers had bad offense and just not good enough. Like the Grizzlies didn't play outstanding. They scored 108 points, which is okay, right? Like it's pretty average, I feel like. Maybe even a little below average. They shot 43% from the field, 33% from three. Like that's not anything to write home about. They shot 66% from the free throw line. Like, it's the Grizzlies did not play an outstanding game. The Lakers shot themselves in the foot by having a bunch of turnovers and not giving themselves enough opportunities to to stay in the game and to win the game. So, tough loss against the Grizzlies. The Lakers had a back-to-back um, game on Friday night, last night, against the Thunder, which was a night and day, complete night and day difference, which is good. The Lakers won that game. They played actually without Anthony Davis even, so trying to pull up the, the game info. So Lakers won one sixteen to ninety five. They actually they absolutely blew out the Thunder as they should. The Thunder are not that good of a team. The Thunder actually recently lost to the Grizzlies by like seventy three points, albeit playing without a lot of their starters and and whatnot. But the Thunder are not a good team this season. The Lakers have lost twice to them already, so. Good thing we did not make it three. You know, they say third time is the charm. So Lakers get a nice blowout win against the Thunder. LeBron James went off with 33 points on 65% shooting, 13 for 20. Russell Westbrook, again, did he had very low involvement in this game. So it's interesting because he, the last two games, he just has not been very involved I don't know if he's dealing with something if he's trying to like if he's babying a injury or, or something if he's something bothering him or whatever but he 
did not. He had only had eight points on eight shots, four for eight, 50% shooting. Uh, he took, only took one three, and he still had five turnovers. So just a, another awful game from Russell, Russell Westbrook, which it's crazy that the Lakers can get a win by 20 points without Russell Westbrook playing well and Anthony Davis not playing. A lot of that came behind Avery Bradley, who had 22 points in the game. He shot eight for 14 from the field, six for eight from three, which is just, which is, which is great. Um, overall, the Lakers shot 47% from the field, 45% from three. So another good shooting night for the Lakers, which is great. Oklahoma City, their leading scorer was Terran, was uh, Trey, Trey Man, Terrence Man, 19 points. Um, held Shea Gilgis Alexander to 11 points. And the Thunder just shot awful in this game. They shot 22% from three, 39% from the field. So that did a lot, helped the Lakers a lot in terms of just the Thunder shot terribly. But the Lakers did play well. They shot well. Their offense was looking good overall. Um, Austin Reeves came in with 13 points in the game, shooting four for seven. Um, Carmelo Anthony had seven points. Taylor Horton Tucker had 11 points, and it was a good game overall for the Lakers. So good to get the win. Good to and the, the thing that I appreciated the most about the game against the Thunder is that the Lakers were winning. They they got up to a big lead in the first quarter and they maintained that big lead throughout the entire game. They got the lead as high as 30 points in the game at, at some points, and they did let the Thunder into it a little bit getting it the game close to I think it was like a 12 point game which was a little close for for comfort but the Lakers hit big threes and and did all this stuff to keep the game out of reach from the Thunder and maintain that big lead so like um, it's good to see the Lakers maintain the big lead against a team that is not very good and to, to get the win ultimately and it's great seeing LeBron James playing well I mean it would be great to see Russell Westbrook keep it up from what he did against the Celtics and play well and what Russell Westbrook, he was, Russell Westbrook was playing really well for, you know, six games up until this Grizzlies game. And then this Grizzlies game, and then this game last night against the Thunder, Westbrook just has not been that involved. Like, he he still has a lot of turnovers. He, I mean, he had nine rebounds, seven assists, which is pretty good. He shot four for eight, which is, like, it's good, but like it would, I think we want him taking some more shots. But at the, also at the same time, if you're beating a team by 30, you're doing something right, so might as well just keep it up. So in this case, I don't mind it as much. But in the games where the Lakers are losing and stuff, getting him to step up is is really important. So good to see the Lakers get a win against the Thunder, a nice commanding win, and and just play well throughout the entire game and play the hit threes play good defense holding the thunder to 95 points and and all that so looking at the schedule the lakers next game is pulling it up really quick next game is against the magic on sunday tomorrow night 6 30 the magic are 5 and 21 on the season so this should be a nice and easy win for the Lakers. I'm sure they'll make it a little hard on themselves. Um, so I mentioned Anthony Davis sat out the game against the Thunder. 
that had to do with a sore knee that he woke up with after the Grizzlies game. And given it being a back-to-back, I kind of always expect at least either LeBron or Anthony Davis or someone to sit out from a, in a back-to-back game. So hopefully he gets that knee evaluated and it's okay. And it's just like a sore knee just got bumped or something like that. So we'll see if there's any more news on that. But I think we'll we'll find out between today, tomorrow, today and tomorrow if Anthony Davis is good to play um, against the Magic on Sunday. Just do a quick search of his name and see what comes up about his knee. Yeah, nothing nothing has come out about the knee aside from it just being a sore knee. So more news to come on that. But hopefully he's able to to play on Sunday. I believe it's a home game. Yep, Orlando at the Lakers. The Lakers, according to ESPN, have an 80% advantage on the ESPN Basketball Power Index matchup predictor. So the Lakers should. I mean, this is an obvious thing. But the Lakers should win. They're fourteen and thirteen. It'd be good to get up to fifteen and thirteen. And this goes back to what I said about the Lakers this season. They, or this month in December, they should have gone since you know from the Celtics game through the rest of the month ten and three. They've lost the Grizzlies, so that's adding to the losses, you know. But like that's what they should do. So they need to win this game. They need to win. The game against the Mavericks, who are struggling 12 and 13, Timberwolves, who are 11 and 15, and then they, then they play the Bulls and the Suns, which would be a tough. Spurs, 9 and 15, very winnable. Nets on Christmas Day, they're 18 and 8 so far, so that'll be a tough game. But like I said before, it's Christmas Day. Players come out on Christmas Day. I have a hard time seeing the Lakers getting blown out in a Christmas Day game to the Nets, but it might be tough to get the win. But I, hopefully it's a close game. The Lakers can pull it out. And then to close out the month, the Rockets, Grizzlies, Trailblazers, all struggling teams. So the rest of the month looks good for the Lakers for the most part. Losing to the Grizzlies on Thursday is really rough. and needs those are That's the winnable game that needs to be won. But from here on out, the Lakers can end this month, start the new year with a decent record up around the fourth seed or so in the West, and that would make me feel pretty good about the Lakers if they got to that point. So we'll see what they can do. I think they can do it, but we just need the team to continue coming together. Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, all playing well. You need Carmelo, Avery to keep hitting the threes. You need Taylor Horton, to, Taylor Horton Tucker to step up, play good defense, get to the basket, play good offense, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll see how the Lakers do on Sunday against the Magic. All right, let's jump into the mailbag segment. Thank you to everyone that's been writing in. This has been a fun little segment to do on my weekend episode, so I appreciate everyone that has been writing in some questions. So let's start with the first one, which comes from Austin, who asks, why do they suck, referring to the Lakers? This was this this question came in after the Lakers lost to the Grizzlies, which I talked about a little bit, obviously, in my earlier segment. Um, I think part of it is just inconsistency, right? The The... Injuries that the team has had, the tough, just no one player aside from Anthony Davis and LeBron James really playing well consistently, turnovers, missed shots. It all comes down, though, I think ultimately to the bad to bad defense. I think the Lakers have they've been getting better at it the last few games, but overall this season, defense has been the biggest change from the previous two seasons and this season. The Lakers were the best defensive team in the 
2020 championship season and then the 2021 season when they lost to the Suns in the first round. They were the number one defense those two years. And then, obviously, injuries last year hurt the Lakers in the playoffs against the Suns and with their seeding ending being in the play-in tournament and all that stuff. And this season, it's a whole, it's a, it's a brand new team, and the defense is just not there. And so you could argue that Rob Palenka and the Lakers kind of messed things up by by trading out the entire team, bringing in Russell Westbrook, and having a worse defensive team, not consistent enough offensively, and for those two reasons, the Lakers are finding themselves at 14 and 13 on the season, and really much worse than they have been the last two seasons. All right, the next question we have comes from Chris K. He says, which team will Bronny play with his dad on, and why is it the Knicks? So I know Chris is a Knicks fan, so that's why he's writing in the Knicks. I mean, I would love for LeBron to stay with the Lakers and retire with the Lakers, but, oh, and it's great that I chose today at this time when there's leaf blowers outside. Um, Anyways, I would love for LeBron to retire with the Lakers and just finish out. I think even as he deteriorates athletically and physically, he still is a great basketball mind he knows how to win he knows what teams need to do to win be great to have him on the team be fun to have him and Bronny. um but i mean i'm all for my thing is i'm all for the best like the popular stars and players playing in big markets i know that like that sucks for small market teams and it's great having Giannis play for milwaukee and stuff like that and having um like devin booker and chris paul and phoenix and things like that which are smaller markets but it's always good to have the best players on teams like the Lakers and the Knicks. Like, it just it makes things more fun, in my opinion. It makes things better. And I'm biased because I'm a Lakers fan. So I'd be down for him to play for the Knicks. All right, next question is from Corey, who asks, what's your favorite Lakers season? Doesn't have to be a championship season. I think for me, I will go with a championship season, and I will go with the 2009-2010 season with the Lakers. For me, this one is my choice because... I just remember all those buzzer beaters Kobe hit and like the one against over Dwayne Wade against the Heat and there's another one against the Sacramento Kings and I was looking it up I think the the one against the Heat was in like December of 2009 and then the one against the Kings was in 2000 like January 2010 and I was looking I was like kind of looking into it more because I just wanted to make sure I was remembering it, remembering it correctly because I remember I would like you know that year 2009 2010 I was like around 15, 14, 15 years old. So I remember like my dad would come and grab me when the Lakers, like if the game was close and the Lakers were, you know, if I was like about to go to bed or whatever, he grabbed me. And I remember like vividly watching live the game winner against the Heat and the game winner against the um, the Kings. But then looking into it, obviously there was even more. Kobe hit six game winners in 2009, 2010. And without those six wins, the Lakers would have finished sixth in the West. But instead, Kobe's game winners, those six game winners, propelled the Lakers to the to be the first seed in the West. And then they went on to beat the Celtics in the in the finals. So between all those game winners, which has made the season super fun and like memorable, and then beating the Celtics in Game Seven in Staples in the finals, uh, you just can't beat that. Like they, that will probably be. I I mean I can't envision a better season than Kobe hitting a bunch of game winners, beating the Celtics in game seven in the finals at home. Um, that's definitely my choice. And I have a hard time seeing it being beat. I will say that the 
2020 championship season was super memorable for me, mostly just because of me being more of an adult and like watching all the games and starting this podcast and doing all that. And and then like, obviously the bubble is super unique and COVID and all that stuff. And then the Lakers going on to win Anthony Davis game winner against the, the Nuggets. Um, it just a really unique season. So like that one is up there for me, actually, even though COVID came in the middle of it and all that. And like, there's super memorable games. Like I went to the game against the Bucks, the, the Lakers Bucks, like right before COVID happened where uh, the Lakers just ended up, they, I think they ended up winning by 10 and Giannis obviously ended up winning MVP, but LeBron had a great game. That was awesome. Being able to witness, like to be able to see them in person the same year they won the championship was awesome. So, like, I think that one actually is a close second for me, but I, I definitely have to go with the 2009-2010 season when the Lakers beat the Celtics and Kobe had all those game winners. All right, next question comes from Tyler, who says, what size is your shoe, Daddy? <laughs> um, I wear a size, so it kind of depends. For, like, casual shoes, I wear a size 14. But for, like, if, I, if I'm wearing, like, Nikes for playing basketball, or when I played football, I would wear size 15 just because I like a little more space, a little more room in the shoe a little bit. So, um, yeah, 14 or 15 is the answer on that one. Next question comes from Jackson who asks, should the Lakers trade AD? It's actually an interesting question. I mean, I th- the answer is no. At least my answer would be no. I think, like, unless they could trade Anthony Davis for someone like Giannis or like Jokic or something like then maybe you consider it or whatever. But like, I still think that the LeBron James, Anthony Davis duo is the best duo in the league. And I actually heard this originally from listening to the mismatch with Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor. And Chris Vernon was saying like, like they're talking about like who the best player in the league is right now, whether it's in where LeBron stands in that. And they're like, LeBron could be the best player any given night, but they wouldn't say that he's, like, the overall best player. Like, they'd rather have Giannis or Steph Curry just with how they've been playing, which I I would agree with that. I mean, LeBron's, like, 36 years old, and he can be the best player any given night, as you're seeing, like, last night against the Thunder, putting up 33 points. Um, But, like, overall, through the course of the season, like, of a regular season, maybe you'd rather have Steph Curry or Giannis. Maybe that answer changes when the playoffs start, right? But that being said... The Chris Virgin also said that, and I, I agree with this, I'm also biased being a Lakers fan, but I agree with this, that LeBron James and Anthony du- Anthony, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are the best duo in the NBA right now. Like, he would rather have LeBron James and Anthony Davis against versus a healthy Kawhi, Paul George, or Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, or Giannis and Chris Middleton, you know, like Chris Paul, Devin Booger. They were saying that he'd rather have LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I agree with that. I mean, like, they can be just so devastating together between their size and their physicality and all that stuff. Like, when they're playing at their best, they're virtually unstoppable still at this point. So that that being said, that's kind of my reasoning for why I wouldn't trade Anthony Davis, just because of how well he plays with LeBron James and that duo and how that all works. And then the Lakers really just need to get the team around those two to elevate their play and play better and all that stuff. I don't think they're the problem with the Lakers right now. I would like to see Anthony Davis be a little more physical. I'd like to see him be a little tougher out there. I'd like to see him just relentlessly attack the basket. I mean, the way he played in the 2020 championship season, where he was arguably defensive player of the year, he didn't win, but he could. He very well could have won defensive player of the year. He put up, you know, 40 points against 
I think it was like the Grizzlies one game and he he was just like a devastating player offensively and defensively and we haven't really seen that much from him I mean he, he got hurt last season this season he's he's played well but he's done it like kind of quietly I'd like to see him come out and be more ferocious and be that dominating player like obviously dominating player but that being said I still think the LeBron Anthony Davis duo not only is super fun but it's super good so I wouldn't trade AD unless you could get I mean if you could get Giannis or something like that then maybe you'd do it but um that being said like given what the Lakers have I, LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't the problems in my opinion so I don't see a reason to trade him right now Last question comes in from Ryan, who asks, would you rather have LeBron or Giannis for the Lakers team right now? And this kind of, it's funny because what I was saying for the previous, um, my previous question, like Jackson's question, kind of applies to this. So it's interesting because what I was saying about like how LeBron isn't the best player in the league overall over the course of the season, but he could be the best player any given night versus like Giannis is probably the best player in the league right now. Like, in that sense, like, yeah, I would rather have Giannis over LeBron. But also, at the same time, like, how does Giannis fit in with a team with Anthony Davis and, like, the team that the Lakers have right now? Like, LeBron James, because of the Lakers' problem right now, part of their problem offensively is how they spread the floor, the three-point shooting, all that stuff. And like, while LeBron isn't maybe considered an elite three-point shooter, he's a better three-point shooter than Giannis is. So in that sense, LeBron can spread the floor much better than Giannis can. That being said, Giannis is just absolutely devastating inside, driving to the basket. But LeBron also can be like that. So, I mean, the only reason I would say I'd want Giannis over LeBron for this Lakers team right now is the age difference, right? Like, Giannis is 27 years old, I think, 20, 26 years old, something like that, um, versus he's 10 years younger than LeBron, basically. So... In that sense, like, I'd rather have Giannis. And obviously, like, if you're talking about, like, just this one year isolated, like, I don't know that Giannis would work with this team very well. But if you're talking, like, having Giannis on the Lakers team on, like, a contract versus LeBron, then I would I would take Giannis, just given his age and his his dominance and whatnot. But it does, it is also hard to bet against LeBron, right? Like, LeBron's been to however many straight finals he had been to. He's had a lot of success, so it's hard to bet against LeBron, even though the Lakers are still struggling right now. But you also it's hard. Giannis is a two-time MVP, Finals MVP winner at 27 years old. You get you can't argue with the with what Giannis has done um, actively. So it's it's tough to say in a little bit in, a, in one sense only with how Giannis would fit with this team. I like that LeBron can, can stretch the floor a little bit. He can attack the basket. You know in a similarly devastating way maybe not as devastating as Giannis can but similarly devastating Giannis doesn't stretch the floor quite as much but having Giannis next to AD like the the size and physicality would be insane so that would that would be cool um so it, it kind of it's hard to it's hard to say exactly I do like LeBron the LeBron Anthony Davis duo a lot but at this point in the season and or at this point in LeBron's career if you're just saying Giannis or LeBron, you got to go with Giannis. So it's it hurts me to say because I've become, I definitely have become a LeBron fan with him being on the Lakers and all that stuff. But it's just, I mean, it would be you'd be dumb to take 37 or soon to be 37 year old LeBron over 27 year old Giannis at this point. 
And that does it for all the questions. Thank you so much again for everyone that that uh, wrote in. Uh, those are actually some really good questions this week, so I had a lot of fun with that answering those. So thanks again for you guys writing in those questions. We're going to keep it up uh, next week, next weekend with another with another mailbag. So get those questions or comments ready, and uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm -hmm.